there's two things. There's believing in yourself and believing in the process. It might be just three. There's believing in yourself to be able to do it. There's believing in the process that you're going to work through with somebody. But then I think there's a lot to be said also about like yourself. So you believe very much in all of the clients you work with. And I think that makes a huge difference. There's something about if somebody's got an element of like uncertainty or doubt, there's a lot of strength comes from somebody else believing in you whilst you grow into that belief for yourself. So I think there's an element of that to consider. But yeah, I think looking back, whilst it's been a challenge at times, in many respects, it's been easier than I expected it to be. And how I think much opportunity and how excited I feel now has just made all of that worthwhile. Is your current success putting a lot of demands on you? If you're good at what you do, and you are, then everyone wants you. But that's no way to scale. If you're delivering spectacular results, you should be commanding higher fees, working with only the best clients. Welcome to the Hands Off CEO Podcast, where world-class agency owners and consultants learn how to fully monetize their expertise and scale profits by doing less. Here's your host, Mandy Ellison. Hi, this is Mandy Ellison, host of the Hands Off CEO podcast. Today, I have Laura Cook, the CEO of Teal Vision Limited. And Laura is one of our private clients. Laura, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you, Mandy. It's great to be here. Yeah, so the reason why I'm having Laura on the show is because Laura does fantastic work with manufacturing companies. She helps seven and eight figure businesses to predictably grow with less stress, more money, and to secure a bigger exit. And do you want to share your outcome statement with us, the outcome statement that you developed working with Hands Off CEO? Absolutely. So the promise that I have with all my clients is to add at least 100,000 in net profit within the 12 months, typically a lot more, all from existing resources, and it doesn't cost you an extra penny. And that's 100,000 pounds, right? 100,000 pounds, yeah. Yes. So that how much is that in US dollars about? About 135,000, 140,000. Okay, got it. So for the companies you work with, that's a huge amount of profit because it's actual net profit. Just wanted to point that out. And you being able to guarantee that it's, it's huge. I know that you've had a background working in this industry for 12 years, worked with Fortune 250 global manufacturing companies, and you have this really amazing expertise. What was it that brought you to the point where you're really looking at that to scale to that next level? So for me, I've always seen the potential in what I could do in organizations. I'd say a bit of a challenge has been kind of transitioning from the big global organizations to how to really position it and where the best fit is for me and my skills and where I can make the biggest impact in kind of those multi-million pound businesses and really apply it in a way that's accessible and not like overly expensive as well. So for me, it's like I started to get a bit of traction on that and understand where I could fit. And then I was really looking at how do I replicate this so it isn't always dependent upon me to be able to work more people. Yeah. Okay. So then I know one of the things for you is you were hitting up against a place where you needed to be attracting in more clients, better quality clients, as you were finding out. And also you recognized that you were limited on time too. So it needed to be replicatable so that you could scale it with the team. 
I want to kind of break this apart and how this has worked out for you, because I know that maybe we just start with how your business has changed in the past six months. Mm -hmm. And then we can actually break it down the piece by piece, what it took. How does that sound? That sounds great. Yeah. So then let's talk about your price point. So how has that changed? So my pricing has, I guess there's two main things that's changed with my pricing. The first is my fee, I guess that I'm charging on a, typically on a monthly basis is at least tripled since the beginning of the year. And my kind of average length of contract has gone from something that would probably be around three months up to at least a year in working with clients. So how has that been in you shifting from working for self? Congratulations on that. I know that you put in a lot of hard work and there was some big shifts in your mindset that took place in you doing this. And <laughs> there were a lot of pieces you didn't have in place. And like, I hope you don't mind me pointing this out, but I was just looking and I realized that you actually don't even have a website up right now. No. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've done a lot without needing to do, I guess, a lot of marketing and that up to this point, but recognize that to be able to scale, I need more of that sort of evidence and proof and an ability to share what I'm all about and how I can help to be out there. So yeah, there's a lot of mindset shifting around, I think, being more visible as well, which needs to take place. Yeah. Right. Well, one of the things I want to point out is that, Laura, you have been able to make these big shifts happen without things being perfect, without you having all these things in place. I mean, I didn't even know that you were doing this even without a website up yet. And maybe it's just down temporarily. But, and by saying that, it doesn't mean that your company is a startup that has no credibility. What I'm just saying that is your proof that you can create really incredible results, not without having all the things that you expect that you need to have in place first. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think you can get a bit pulled into this idea that you need to have lots and lots of different pieces. But actually, when I think you focus on what you're kind of good at, and in the right areas, and you're able to find those right people to work with that value it, then you can be very successful in doing that. Yeah. And I guess that's what I find. I mean, I've spent the last six years without really a website. Really, it's purely just a LinkedIn presence. And that's kind of been enough to build credibility and kind of springboard it from there. So yeah, you don't need all the pieces. And I think you're right. I think just taking action has proved time and time again to be the main differentiator of how far you can get. Oh, I love that. Taking action. Repeat that again. Taking action is the main uh, differentiator of how far and how much progress you're going to take. Yeah. yeah. I love that. I wanted you to repeat that. That is so critical. And I know that one of the things that I've definitely noticed about you, Laura, is that you're a big action taker, but it has to feel good. It has to feel aligned for you to take that action. Do you want to say more about that? What were the parts where you felt like you hit up against a wall and you weren't able to take action? And how did you break through that? Yeah. So I guess there's a number of places that feel like I can butt up against walls. I definitely need to feel an integrity with what I'm doing. And sometimes there's, I think around the marketing side, it can feel conflicting to me that you're sort of making a promise or that you're sort of claiming you can do something. And it sometimes it can feel like you're trying to convince somebody. And, and that certainly sits really difficultly, uncomfortably with me. 
And it's something that I've had to kind of work around understanding how can I communicate what I do with integrity, provide kind of evidence around being able to do that. So you feel like, I guess it's, it's knowing yourself, you're credible, but then being able to demonstrate that in a credible way to other people. So that's kind of one aspect. I think another aspect for me has been, whilst I work an awful lot with money and I can help people make a lot of money, I also have a preference to work with people who want more than just wealth. They want more than to just make lots and lots of money. They want, for example, to build a business that also you know, creates amazing jobs and they're looking after their employees or they're, they're trying to make some sort of bigger impact, or they're perhaps like looking to become much more of a green, manu- sustainable manufacturer. So I'm always looking to work with people that have a bigger vision of what they're trying to do. And in helping them create more financial sort of success, I'm helping them do more of that. So I've always kind of had this a little bit of a friction around, well, how people might perceive I just care about the money, but actually it's like, I believe that, you know, by helping people generate more money and improve the thought performance, it's going to lead to a con- like a knock-on effect in so many other ways. So I can be a little bit more selective, I guess, over who I choose to work with, but at the same time, it can lead me to hitting up against a, a wall of, you know, how are people perceiving and do they think I'm just this kind of money-driven person, which can be quite conflicting. And that's what you're kind of talking a lot about. So yeah, two of the main things. (laughs) Well, thank you for sharing that because one thing I appreciate that because I know that that's something that you've made a lot of progress on and you're continuing to still make progress on. And, you know, we're six months in. So aren't we about six months in? Is that how we are? Yeah. Right. So we're like midway through the process of you really scaling up your business, but this is really stage one, the stage one of generating the demand where if you don't, how can you scale your business if you don't have the right offer that attracts the right type of client that is going to overcome those objections and it will help you actually have the volume so that you now need to scale it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now that you've gone through this, let's talk about the contract link. I mean, I know you've gone through some three months to 12 months on these and you mentioned that you reduced the number of clients. So you've still retained the same level of income. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So talk a little bit about how do those changes that you made there impact your ability to scale the company? Yeah. So previously I'd have been working with quite a significant number of clients that were like, like you say, kind of three months, which is quite intense. So to start to work with any business and one of the main things I do first with the business is do quite a financial deep dive. It's quite time intensive it's quite cognitive like a lot of load like on your mind and so you can only manage so many of those at any one time and you're constantly trying to chop and change from one client to the next and therefore constantly looking for the next client as well so it felt like I was hitting capacity quite quickly and also kind of feeling quite I guess quite overwhelmed by just the scale of the number of people I was working with and trying to support them in that way but also a kind of a bit of frustration in that you weren't necessarily helping them make the changes. It was more like you get to a point of recommendation. And I'd say that now the majority of my clients, I'm up to probably 90% of them are now within like a year's contract. And so it gives so much more breathing space to 
really go deep with a client, there's less sort of, once you've done that intense process at the beginning, it then becomes much easier to support them because you really know that business. So it's kind of provided a lot more mental space to be able to think more about my business and think about what do I need and how can I bring more team in to support me. But it's also provided a lot more financial, I guess, stability and for a much, much longer time window than I've probably had before. So it gives you a lot more confidence in investing in more than perhaps I would have done. Investing in more support, in investing, you know, building my website, which is on its way, but just kind of making more of those investments now, trusting that just another one, two, three more clients is going to be quite a significant growth for me. Yeah. So they're probably the two main things, the kind of freeing up the mind and the financial freedom. Love that. I I really appreciate that you talked about how extending these contracts gives you that confidence to invest ahead in your growth. Mm-hmm. And I know six months ago, it was this massive leap of faith for you, right? Mm-hmm. Where yeah. you're like, I hope this works. <laughs> they seem to have a lot of case studies here. This process seems like it's been working, but I don't know if it works yet for me. You start making it work. You see the proof, you see the evidence. Now you see all these clients come in that are easier to work with that you're getting paid more for. And now you're like, wow, like how does that even change your desire to want to scale the company? Oh, this week I've been reflecting a lot on this and it's, I've never felt so excited about what is possible and what I can do and how much I can support people. Now I've kind of found much more of that, the right kind of offer and the right kind of client. It just feels much more like it's flowing and much easier. And I just have much more trust in what's possible than I I would say I had six months ago. Mm -hmm. I love that. Because I know that what can happen as you take a consulting company, an agency, you get to a point where you're like, you hit a wall, you're working too much, you're not making enough money to justify the amount of hours. And you're starting to think, and in, in your case, you didn't have the same team, but you know, for a number of people, as they're building up, they even have the team and they're looking and all these obligations and these challenges that they're having there. Like I made more money when I worked for someone else, (laughs) you know, there's sometimes that can come up. And one of the things that I just loved about what you shared is how you can really overcome a lot of that by putting the right structure in place around your offer, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I guess in the six months, I mean, you touched on it before in that six months, it's like, I've completely replaced the income that I had from previous, like the, say the previous year. So I guess it's a sense that I've been able to make a massive transformation, but my profitability and my time availability has increased, even though like the revenue is kind of probably stayed at a similar level, but it's just that massive shift. And actually I've probably got a third of the number of clients I had before, and it's just frees up so much space to be able to do that. So what you're saying is you have a third of the level of the clients as you did before you are making the same gross and you're profiting more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Way to go. That's exciting. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so looking at where you're at right now, what's next for you? So for me, it's about expanding the team and bringing on support to be able to create more systems in the business, really, to be able to kind of create more structure around the offer that I'm building and how that's going to be delivered to clients. So how we can look at making it more effective, more efficient, 
Um, what areas can we look for opportunities to improve on that? And sort of expanding the team to be able to help me to deliver that and looking at the right, I guess, skills that I need to put in place to be able to do that over the next year. And just continuing to bring in the leads and really focusing at the minute, my priority is focusing on manufacturers and really expanding into that industry. So Laura, you have a really clear pathway moving forward to scale your company. You're confident about that you have the cash to be able to invest in it. You're confident that you could bring in the right types of clients. Well, I just want to ask you, how is this new offer that you put in place? Let's actually call it what it is. What is your offer called now? So the manufacturer's profitable growth machine. Right. And that was the one with the guarantee of it adding a hundred pounds of net profit. Okay. So once you have this manufacturer's profitable growth machine, how has that made it easier for you to sell? It feels really easy to sell. So just a couple of months ago, I signed up two clients pretty much to this program. It's a slightly refined version that I've got now, but pretty much into the same program. And by selling the outcomes that they were looking for, rather than previously explaining the process we would be working our way through and specifically what we would do and how it would work and what the benefits would be. But by focusing on the outcome, people were just so excited about it. It just made such a difference. They weren't so bothered about the detail around how we were going to get there. They were just like, I want that outcome. I believe you can help me. And it just made the conversation and so much easier. So then... It made the conversation so much easier and it tripled the price point. Mm -hmm. It did triple the price point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So let's rewind back six months ago, or maybe even earlier than that, because I know we had been in conversation a while before that. If I would have said, hey, Laura, you know what? Did you know that it's going to be easier for you to sell and actually triple your price point? What would you have said? I think intellectually, it might have made a bit of sense, but... I think I would have struggled to believe how it was going to work and how it was possible. Mm -hmm. So what would you say to people who are kind of in that place where they're doubting themselves and they're doubting that something like this could really work for them? I think one of the things when I look back is that there's two things. There's believing in yourself and believing in the process. Maybe there's three. There's believing in yourself to be able to do it. There's believing in the process that you're going to work through with somebody. But then I think there's a lot to be said also about like yourself. So you believe very much in all of the clients you work with. And I think that makes a huge difference. There's something about if somebody's got an element of like uncertainty or doubt, there's a lot of strength comes from somebody else believing in you whilst you grow into that belief for yourself. So I think there's an element of that to consider. But yeah, I think looking back, Whilst it's been a challenge at times, in many respects, it's been easier than I expected it to be. And how I think much opportunity and how excited I feel now has just made all of that worthwhile. Mm. Mm -hmm. I love that. Well, I'd love to just showcase you, Laura, and some of the great results that you get, because the only reason why this works is because of all the years that you have spent building up your skill set, building up your results, your case studies you have in your past You've already done all the hard work. This is just moving some pieces around at the top so that you can actually capitalize on all of the wonderful expertise that you have already. So what kind of results have you gotten for clients over the years? What kind of outcomes? I guess one of the clients I recently have been working with is a manufacturing business. And one of the first things we're able to do was identify quite quickly 
about £65,000 worth of profit that we could instantly add to the business. We kind of were able to do that within just a couple of weeks, um, identify that. Over a bit of a longer term, we were able to significantly increase his cash flow. So we tripled the kind of cash flow the amount in the bank he had. Like at the end of each month, kind of within a couple of months, we were able to do that. Also, over the process of about a year, we were able to increase his EBITDA. I'm not sure if that's you have that EBITDA as well, but that's kind of operating profit. We tripled six times that within the first four months. So there was a lot of things that we could leverage there really quite quickly once we were able to dig under the surface of what was going on in that business. And they're just continuing to grow and continuing to improve their profitability, but they're just so much more laser focused on how they can do that and what kind of the levers are in the business to be able to do that. Another similarish business, but they were an on- online retailer where they were probably, I think they were about year five in their business and they'd been taking out all of these loans to fund the growth, which is, is kind of to be expected with a profit-based business. You do need quite that investment to start with, but they were at the stage where they were just constantly dependent on these loans. And when we really dove into and looking at their financials, they'd never quite reached a place of profitability. So we dove a lot more into that. And we were instantly able to identify why they weren't making a profit and be able to fix that. So we fixed that within kind of about a week of just looking at the business as we just dug into all the numbers. And over a short period of time, we were able to increase their revenues and therefore they were able to start growing without having to take on more and more loans. Of course, they still needed to repay the loans they had, but they didn't need to take any more out, which was quite a transformation for them. And it just felt a lot more freeing that they could see an end in sight to get this business to where they wanted it to be instead of feeling a little bit like a weight around their neck, knowing that it was growing and it was getting there, but it just felt so slow and hard work for them. So that was quite an amazing transformation for them as well as they grow in their business online. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Really incredible results. And one of the things that I love about where you're at now is that Because your skills are so fine-tuned and you really are good at what you do, you were able to take even very difficult businesses and transform them very quickly, which is why you were able to create results in three months for some of these businesses that were, I know that you have saved a number of businesses that were just like on their way out the door. They're about ready to go into bankruptcy. And that's really difficult to be able to do that. And one of the things that I love is that you were able to build upon some of those examples, some of those case studies, and then transfer it over to the kinds of clients that you want to work with for a longer period of time. And I remember that transition that you made into that. And just even looking at you, you just have so much more ease about how you run your business than even just such a short while ago. So it's really exciting for me to see it, Laura. Thank you. (laughs) There has been definitely a shift in the clients, I think I definitely had a few that were, like you say, in quite crisis mode, which is obviously stressful for their business and can also be quite stressful for me. And it has been quite a transition in looking at, okay, whilst I can certainly still help those, actually, my skills are actually just as valuable and could create quite a significant transformation on companies that are in less state of distress but still like the finances are perhaps not where they want them to be. And that, that there's still an opportunity for them to improve their, their performance really. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I remember when that was quite a leap too, because you're like, I'm really good at fixing these crises. Yes. And 
we were going through this and like, yes, but people in crisis mode don't have a lot of money to pay you. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> <true>. <laughs> so I know that that was a bit of a mindset shift for you because this is where a lot of your case studies were. So how did you like make that switch from going from, this is where our case studies are. This is where we've helped a majority of our clients to be moving into these longer term offers that maybe the outcome looked a little different. Mm. Yeah. A big part of it for me was still recognizing the value in helping those people. So there's something about getting someone out of a crisis. It could feel like you're sort of saving and rescuing and it can kind of be, I guess, a nice little ego boost that you're doing something quite significant and meaningful. And so for me, there was a little bit of a personal shift around connecting to what is the value and what is the impact that these people are making. And that links a little bit like what we spoke to earlier around when I feel aligned with what the client is doing, then I could quite easily switch over to focusing on organizations that were not in such a crisis and were looking really to grow and improve performance, provided they were doing something that I deeply believed in and believed in them as an individual. So there was a couple of mindset shifts around that. But once I started really exploring that, it became so clear, actually, what I do is very, very similar, no matter if they're in distress or if they're, I guess, perhaps closer to break even point and just wanting to improve that. It's, it's a very similar process, but actually it's much, much easier to work with people that are not in distress. It uh, just is. <laughs> they have yeah, absolutely. challenges. And sometimes perhaps that without being in distress, they may not be as motivated to take action immediately. So there's a little bit different kind of approach to it. But in both scenarios, it's a very similar process to work through. Mm-hmm. Mm. What you said, I want to point to, because you were saying how those buyers were more urgently ready to move. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that we've been talking about this whole way is how do we be able to position this offer so that the right kind of people who are in less distress are willing and ready to move forward right now? Mm-hmm. One of the things that I want to kind of pack apart around what you were saying too is going back to the power of ones. And in the podcast and in our email list and our content that we put out, we talk about the power of ones. And this power of ones is the one client one painful problem, and one outcome. You shifted each one of these things, some of them more dramatic than others. So I want to just unpack this for our listeners. So the one client, you shifted it from those in distress, or maybe this is more about the problem. The problem is more about they were in crisis mode, and then now they're more like at break-even. So it's not so bad, but they definitely have a problem. And that problem being, what is the other part of the problem that you're solving? They're at break even, they want more profit. What is the other part of that problem? Yeah, a big part of the clients that kind of, I guess, break even, just kind of doing okay. They're starting to think more about the future and they're starting to think more about how do I exit out of this business? So they're kind of those things are just starting to kind of come into their mind around how am I going to get out of here? We're still ticking along. It's been a couple of years. We're still here, but we're just kind of like a little bit above break even. And in order to exit, in order to sell, this isn't going to get me what I'd expected. So they're starting to think more like that. And so that is starting to become a a bit of a motivator for them to really start to address it. And some of them are also thinking about how do they sort of, I guess, how much time they're spending running the business. And they're still doing so many things inside the business themselves. So they're looking at, not only are they really busy and they can't, but I guess it adds to they're really busy and they can't see their way out. 
Can't see the wood through the trees. Yeah. Got it. So that's the problem. They want to exit, but they know that they're not profitable enough to exit. And then you had pointed out a number of those factors that around that. And then the client type, did you shift that much? I mean, other than the fact of them being not stable versus in crisis mode, besides that, what is the other defining factors in the client type? And has that shifted much? Yeah. So I guess previously I worked with an awful lot of variety of clients in a lot of different industries of a lot of different sizes. So it could have been anything from a startup to a 30 million pound business in pretty much any sector. And now my focus is much more on manufacturers, on product-based businesses that are already kind of a million in turnover between a million and kind of up to about 15 million is where I'm focusing now. Yeah. So that's kind of the main shift. And then the financial piece is probably their challenge so that they are seeing an underperformance in the financial area. And I guess touching on what I've mentioned before, they're pursuing something more than just to make huge amounts of wealth or funding it. I don't know, like overly funding kind of consumerism. For me, I guess I focus on businesses that sell B2B more than to into the consumer market directly as well. Okay, got it. So then having that client type and also the problem that you were solving for them, being clear on those two things, how did that impact your ability to create a bigger outcome, to make a bigger promise, or maybe your confidence around making a bigger promise? Like when you had those two things narrow it in, did that make it easier to make that promise, to make the connection? Yeah, I think certainly by choosing the size of business and the type of business I was working with allowed me to have more confidence in the size of the promise that I could offer for sure. So it gave me a lot of confidence around that. And I think being more selective over who that business type is allows me to be much clearer in the stages that we're going to go through and therefore articulating it to them in their own kind of language that they can understand. So before, I guess I'd worked with service and manufacturer and they talk about business in quite different ways, but by just focusing on one, you can much more easily speak to them in a way that they relate to. Mm -hmm. Got it. So then it sounds like that's been a huge factor for what's made it easier for you to be selling these clients at triple the the price point. Well, Laura, is there anything else that you'd like to add about the journey or anything that you were surprised about that you didn't necessarily expect was going to happen? Um, I think for me, I'd say the beginning of the journey since joining Hands of CEO, I feel like I was probably still in a stage of I wanted to make sure this happened. I was like pushing it to happen and very much wanting to do everything you were kind of asking us to do. And it felt like, I guess I was in this place of a need to make sure this happens. And something happened a few months in where I was like, it shifted to a state of kind of trusting it was going to happen. And I guess I wasn't really expecting that to kind of appear. And Probably, as I reflected on before, this reaching this stage where actually I'm really excited about the opportunity and what's coming versus where I was six months ago. Whilst I think intellectually I could understand I was going to get there, I think I hadn't quite appreciated what it was going to feel like and how much more potential was going to open up for me. I know when I joined, part of why I joined was I knew I wanted to be surrounded by other people that were kind of at the same stage. So, because I knew that being able to stretch your vision of where and what is possible was really, really important. And I really got the sense that being part of your tribe was going to do that for me. But I guess it's probably opened it up 
already and more than I thought. And I can see that there's just so much more potential than I would have been able to imagine before. Wow. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. And I love what you were saying with moving from just intellectually thinking, yeah, this can work to really trusting and taking actions from that place of like that faith of knowing it's going to happen. It's just a matter of me just taking the actions and it's going to happen. So Laura, thank you so much for sharing your experience and sharing, you know, how you've shifted and really congratulations on what you've been able to create. And you're just getting started. So I will have to have you come back on as you've been building your team. And as you are continuing to scale your multi-million dollar consulting company, I can't wait to see how it continues to unfold. So if anyone wants to get in touch with you, what is the best way for them to do so? Um, so the best way to get in touch with me would be currently via LinkedIn, but very soon my website at www.teal-vision.com will be up and running. <laughs> looks like your cat's coming to join us for our podcast episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much again, Laura, for being on the podcast. We really appreciate hearing all of your thoughts and your insights. Thank you. It's been great to be here. Thanks, Mandy. Absolutely.